0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Seeds and Weeds podcast brought to you by Small House Farm. If you're looking to celebrate plants and the people that love them, then this is the podcast for you. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Bevan Cohen. Thanks for joining us, friends. You are in for a treat today. We're going to be doing five questions with the one and only Sonia Harris. Now, Sonia is a community activist, gardener, founder of the Bullock Children's Garden, and all-around groovy lady. Today, Sonia's going to tell us how to get our hands on some of her special seeds. And after the interview, I'll be sharing my top five favorite peppers, and you don't want to miss that. Speaking of peppers, it's getting close to time to starting pepper seeds here at Small House Farm. Peppers are a long-season crop, so we need to get them started early, indoors and under lights. We also use heat mats to encourage germination. Pepper seeds typically like soil temperatures close to 70 degrees Fahrenheit, depending on where you are and when your last frost date is, if you have one, you'll want to start your pepper seeds around six to eight weeks before that last frost. For the super hot peppers, you might want to start even sooner, as they could take a long time to mature. I'll be waiting until March to start my pepper seeds. On the last weekend of February, we host a big seed swap, and I like to wait to start my seeds until after the swap, just in case I find something special that I want to grow. Did you know that we send out packets of free heirloom seeds from our garden to some of our support? Supporters on Patreon. Well, we do. Supporters at the Seeds and Weeds tier get packets of seeds, a copy of my first book from our Seeds and Their Keepers. They get access to our monthly seed stories blog, plus all of the benefits included in the other tiers. That's pretty amazing, really. You can go check that out at patreoncom farm or on our website Seeds and WeedsPodcast.com. Now, let's get on to the interview. Sonia Harris is a former special education teacher with over 20 years experience, and she's the founder of the award-winning Bullock Children's Garden in Glassboro, New Jersey. Last year, Sonia launched the Garden Teacher's Yard, where she provides low-cost organic seedlings and produce to the public. Today, Sonia is joining us for five questions. I'm so excited to have you on the show today
1: so happy to be here.
0: Before we get started, tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do.
1: My name is Sonia Harris. I am a retired special educator. I taught in the public school system for about 25 years, and I retired to run my nonprofit, Block Garden Project. And since then, I've also started a for-profit called NJ Garden Teacher's Yard or Garden Teacher's Yard. And that's just a for-profit that can help fund the nonprofit.
0: Fantastic. I'm going to put all those links in the show notes too, so make it easier for folks to find you. That's fantastic. So what we're going to do today, it's super fun. It's just five questions. I got five questions, no follow-ups whatsoever and uh, that's what we're going to do. How does that sound?
1: Bet. Let's do
0: it. All right, ready. Number one, if you had to pick a favorite plant or plant family,
1: what would it be and why? Tomatoes. I'm from Jersey. Okay. I've always loved tomatoes when I was growing up. The way my family was and the way it was in the grocery store, you didn't get tomatoes year-round. You got them at season. Getting a fresh tomato was special. I can't eat them out of the store anymore. So I grow tons and I love them.
0: I love it. So I'm going to break my rule right away and ask a follow-up question. What's your favorite tomato?
1: You know, of course I have to love a Jersey beef steak, but black creme has just won my heart year after year after year.
0: Black creme. I dig it. Okay. Next question. What is your most recent garden success?
1: Um, I have this area. It's considered my kitchen garden. I've always considered it my kitchen garden. But last summer, summer of 2021, I had planted some seeds there and they didn't really do anything. That area was pretty much just a bust. So I planned it out carefully for summer of 2022. I had different seeds and herbs and whatnot growing in there. And all of a sudden I had different plants coming up where I went, I don't know what this is. I had to go back In look at my journals from the previous summer, figure out what seeds were growing in there, and I found oh my gosh, I found uh, a rudbeckia that I totally had forgotten. It doesn't look like the regular rudbeckia; it's kind of more of a deeper, uh, a deeper yellowish red, almost an orange, but not as much. It's still more of a yellow, red. I I don't remember what variety it was. It was so pretty, but I had white African sorghum growing in there. There was some sweet elysium that was in there. Now these are seed that I had sown in 2021, did not grow overwintered and came back with a beautiful vengeance. That is my, that's my pride and joy. That's
0: way cool. What a sweet garden surprise. Okay. So here's the next question. What is your most recent garden failure or more specifically, what is the lesson that you learned from a recent
1: garden failure? Wow. I I just have to pick one. Okay. There's always so many to choose from. There is, you know, you're not a real gardener unless you have a whole bunch of failures that are behind you because it makes you appreciate the successes so much more. I, I have an area where I planted what I thought was a good area where I planted some first try tomatoes, some first runs, things that I had just got from USDA and I thought I had a wonderful spot for them and I really should have tested the soil. They didn't grow and and it broke my heart because I had all of these beautiful seedlings, maybe about a foot tall, full of flowers, not one tomato off of eight plants. So that was my most heartbreaking failure this year. There's a lot of others, but that was my most heartbreaking one.
0: That is heartbreaking. What is the lesson that you can learn from that?
1: Well, first of all, I'm going to test the soil if I haven't grown like something like that. It's such a, a diva. Tomatoes are such a diva in the system. I need to test the soil. And I need to make sure that this plant really has what it needs to grow instead of just assuming. So I'm going to just try again. I have a few seeds left from each variety. I'm going to try again next year and we'll see how it goes.
0: That's the best you could do. That's a good lesson to learn. You know, you always got to try again. Don't give up. Absolutely. So what is a current project that you're working on that you're super excited about? So what do you want to plug today?
1: Oh my gosh. The current project is getting seeds together to sell on the Garden Teacher's Yard website. I'm really excited about that. I'm working with um, germination right now, trying to figure some of those things out. I have my certification as a seed farmer and just finished my class on permaculture design. And I want to be able to sell seeds at an extremely low cost, just locally, working with an organization that will help people who do don't have abundant funds or even a credit card. So helping them be able to come to this website and purchase seeds. So it's cyclical where there's establishing and maintaining a level of pride for people who want to go out and purchase their own seeds and don't want to get a handout uh, because we've run into some people like that doing charity work. You see a lot of people, especially people from an older generation who feel good about that. Even if they're giving you a dime, they feel proud that they are actually purchasing something. We want to have this special low-cost seed line that's organic, high-quality seeds, that things that I've been growing in my garden for years and uh, I want to make sure that those are coming back out to um, some local people here, and like I said, all the proceeds go right to Bullock Garden Project. Mm-hmm.
0: I totally dig it. So can you give us a sneak peek into some of the varieties that you might be offering?
1: I can. I have, of course, I have the Jersey Beefsteak. If I don't offer that, they're going to pull my Jersey card. I have some sunflowers. Uh, This year I grew some mammoth. I have some Sonia. Of course, you have to have some Sonia sunflowers if your name is Sonia. And they're all just mixed together. I have some Sclepia Cirica that I've grown for years and it just keeps coming back stronger. I have some clay peas. I have lettuce, carrots. Like I said, the things that are kind of important to grow around here, around this area. And uh, the only thing I don't have is corn because corn doesn't grow well for me.
0: Fair enough. You know, I grew those mammoth sunflowers as well last year. And uh, boy, mammoth is right. They were tremendous. I couldn't believe it. Yes,
1: they were huge. I didn't expect eight foot tall sunflowers.
0: They were taller than my house.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, wow, how am I going to get these down? How am I going to get these seed heads? Because I like to leave things up. I just had to, I had to cut them off at the knees.
0: Yeah. They're great sunflowers. We did the same thing. We cut them off. The kids yelled timber and, you know, we brought them down. (laughs) That's what makes it fun. Absolutely. Okay, so here's the next question. What is a project that you're not personally involved in that you're really excited about? So who is your shout out today?
1: My shout out is to Ujama Seeds. I am so excited to be a part of this collective of farmers who are brown, black people who um, are really excited about growing food and learning about farming and reclaiming seeds that have been important to our heritage. And I've had a chance to grow some seeds specific for Ujamaa Seed Company. And I'm just really excited for people to go and enjoy those I want to see the feedback that people give to seeds that I was able to grow that honestly made me kind of cry when I put them into the ground thinking about my ancestry. I am really proud of that venture and implore everyone to go look at Ujama Farms and Ujama seeds.
0: Mm, that's amazing. That's a great shout out, Sonia. All right, well, that's it. Sonia Harris, that's five questions. So if folks are looking to connect with you after this online, where do they find your links? Where do they find you?
1: Let me tell you, it's very easy to find me. You just type in NJ Garden Teacher no matter what social media you're using and you're going to find me somehow. If you want to find the nonprofit, you can look up Bullock Garden Project and that's B U L L O C K gardenproject.org. Also, you can go to gardenteachers with an s yard.com. So, please look me up and connect. I love it.
0: Super groovy, Sonia. Thank you again for being on the podcast with us today.
1: Thanks, bro. I appreciate it.
0: It is always so much fun to sit down and chat with Sonia. She is just awesome. I hope that you all enjoyed that interview as much as I did. And of course, Sony's links are down in the show notes and at seedsandweedspodcast.com. And now it's time for my top five favorite peppers. Like any other top five list, it was a challenge putting this together. I mean, how do you choose only five peppers? Not easy. We've grown dozens of varieties over the years here at Small House, so to narrow it down, I needed peppers that were not only productive, but could also have time to ripen before the frost here in Michigan. I'm not really into the super hot, so I know I could eliminate those. I've also chosen some varieties for their interesting backstories, and some just because they're beautiful. So, without further ado, here are my top five peppers. To start us off at number five, we have cayenne. This is a classic classic, right? But I love growing cayenne peppers. And they're so useful. We dry half the harvest, and then we crush it into flakes, you know, and then we use it in the kitchen. And then we infuse the rest of the peppers in oil, which we then use in our muscle and joint salve that we sell on our website. The capsaicin, the same chemical that gives the peppers their spice, is wonderful for topical pain relief. Sore muscles, joint pain, inflammation, cayenne peppers is what you need. They're useful in the kitchen, but also in the apothecary. That's why I had to include them in my top five list. And at number four, it's going to be shishito peppers. This pepper was Developed in Japan, but it's become quite popular at restaurants all over the world. Most commonly, shishito peppers are served green, but I also enjoy them after they've ripened to turn red. You Just cook them in a dry cast iron pan on the stovetop until they blister, and then toss them with a little toasted sesame oil, maybe some sesame seeds. It's a mild pepper, but every once in a while you can get a hot one, so that's a fun surprise. My number three favorite pepper right now is one that's simply called the fish pepper. It's a great little pepper with an interesting history, but what I really love about the variety is how beautiful the plants are. The leaves on the plant are variegated, and the peppers start off white, and then they develop yellow and green striping before they finally turn red as they mature. It is a gorgeous plant. It's perfect for edible landscaping, and the peppers are just about as hot as jalapenos, although they are a bit smaller in size. Next on our list, coming in at number two, we have Calabrian chilies. Now, as the name implies, these peppers were bred and selected in the Calabrian region of southern Italy, and they do have a bit of kick. They're often packed in oil, but I've also seen them used dried and ground. Truth be told, I was first turned on to these peppers because of Bobby Flay. Um, he uses them a lot on the show. And I got my seeds from our friend Jeff Quattrone, who you might remember was our guest on the very first episode of this podcast. I've been trying to get more in touch with the food crops connected to my ancestors, and much of my family came to America from southern France and Italy. So during my hunt for seeds connected to Italy, Jeff offered me some of these classic Italian peppers, and I just couldn't refuse. Uh, I'm super happy about it, too, because these Calabrian chilies were crazy productive and super tasty. And my number one favorite pepper right now is Tabasco. I'm serious. The same pepper that they used to make Tabasco sauce, which can be found in grocery stores practically everywhere. In March of 22, Heather and I took a trip down to Louisiana to celebrate my birthday. And of course, you know, we went to New Orleans and we did all the things. Then we spent a day exploring Lafayette. We hiked a swamp. We drove down to the Delta and we ate all of... Of the food. It was amazing. But well, one of the highlights of the trip for me was visiting Avery Island. It's home of the world famous Tabasco sauce. And to learn about the local history surrounding this pepper and the impact that it had on the region was just fascinating to me. Best of all, I was able to get some Tabasco pepper seeds from the island to bring home and grow in my garden. Now, obviously they have a longer growing season down there in Louisiana, but the peppers grew just fine. And I was even able to harvest seeds from mature Tabasco peppers grown right here in my Michigan garden. And that's it. That's my top five favorite peppers for now. We actually grew all these varieties in our garden last year and we saved seeds to share with all of you. So if you'd like to try growing some of these wonderful peppers, you can find our seeds for sale at smallhousefarm.com. We offer more than just peppers too. We have tomatoes, beans, greens, herbs, flowers, so much more. We have lots of rare and unique heirlooms for your garden. So be sure to check out the selection at smallhousefarm.com. And that brings us to the end of the show. Thanks again for joining us, folks. And remember, you can always support the podcast through our Patreon. And you can find that link and many more at seedsandweedspodcast.com. Thanks again to Sonya Harris for being on the show today. This episode was edited and produced by all of us here at Small House Farm. The song you're listening to right now is called Tico Tico by Joseph Monter. I'm Bevan Cohen, and we'll see you next time. Howdy friends, Bevan here. You know, the Seeds and Weeds podcast is made possible in part by Baker Creek Heirloom Seed Company, rareseeds.com. They're America's top source for rare and heirloom varieties from around the world, and they're publisher of the whole seed catalog. Their 2024 catalog is chocked full of heirloom goodness, new varieties, recipes, stories, and gorgeous photographs. You can order yours now at rareseeds.com.